Arcons Archons. Welcome to Sanctimonious, a Keyforge podcast where two zealous Keyforge players discuss various topics regarding combat within the Crucible. Stand at attention and salute your hosts, Sir Jake, Sir Alex, and Sir Dan. Welcome back to another episode of Sanctimonious. This is Jake, and I'm joined by the two greatest co-hosts in all of the Crucible, Dan and Alex. How are y'all doing on this bright Friday morning? Holy geez, that's that's quite the thing to live up to. Uh, now all the pressure's on us, and none of the pressure's on you. I see what you did there, Jake. Brilliant. Uh, got it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kill it. You know, I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm, I'm going to live up to the pressure. Uh... Probably not. And I'm sorry. In advance. <laughs> game That's over, fair. man. Game over. You really went full. We yeah. really saw the, like a full arc of your character there. Like starting out really confident and within five seconds was apologizing. <laughs> this is this is actually pretty true. This feels like that if you could sum up my life in uh, in one statement, it probably was that whole that the whole journey. <laughs> This is going to be really great. Is it going to be great? No, probably not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, anyway, um, this is I'm this is probably one of the most excited I've been to record a cast. I really like the concept of this episode. It's totally an experiment. um, So it'll be really key to get some feedback from folks. So the general idea here is that we spent the week, all three of us playing just one deck that uh, our great audience on Discord and Twitter helped us select. Uh, so we're going to take all those perspectives and see if there are any insights that come out of that um, in our main topic. But before that, let's let's get started with a weekly inspiration where we talk about one thing that inspired us this week. Uh, really quick, can I do an announcement? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, as always, thank you, Patreon supporters. Uh, the league Woo-hoo. season four, um, reversed adaptive. I think I'll let it go. We're gonna post this next week, so I'm probably gonna fire off the league. Start it on March 9th. So if you haven't signed up yet, get into the Discord. Find it. Find the sign up links and the pins. I have it. Is only. It's not searchable in challenge, so you cannot search for it. You have to come to our Discord and find the sign up. Uh, link in the pins. I'm limiting it to the Discord people because that's how we set up the game. So you have to be in the Discord. You have to find the pins and the pin messages in the Sanctimonious um, League channel and sign up there. All right. And now I'll start with my inspiration. So achievements went live on the uh, Crucible tracker, and they're a blast. Um, messing around with Beehawk the other day, and we were playing a bunch of different weird decks that maybe don't see the light of day because you know, like they're just like they're good decks, but they're not like super exciting. But maybe they have that one card that you need to do to pull off one of the achievements, so you pull it out. And uh, yeah, I just had, we had a blast. I think we played like four or five games where we were playing under like different stipulations for ourselves to try to achieve the achievements. So one was I couldn't play creatures for the game. So I played a Quixel Stone deck and I hit Quixel Stone turn one. 
and B Hawk was playing, he couldn't play actions, so his hawk was useless. <laughs> so he only got to put one creature on board the entire game. And my Quixelstone deck has like 17 pips. So I was just like running through my deck as fast as possible, just discarding everything and just pipping my way to victory. And that was just like a super, super fun way to play. It was just such a weird way to play Keyforge, especially when you're both going for different things like that. Um, I don't know. Just kind of like breathe some new life into some decks and just playing Keyforge with that kind of mindset where you're playing differently. You're not just playing normal Keyforge. So good work on the achievements. They're super fun and had a lot of fun messing around the other day, popping some of those off. I think I have three and I have three achievements only, which are like the easiest ones or something. Win <laughs> so with Worlds really... Collide, win with AOA, win with Coda. Yeah, and I think I also have like the <laughs> win, uh the forge three keys without reaping or something like that. Nice. I think it's just awesome the support that Grant Titus is an awesome, awesome member of the Keyforge community. So thank you to all the hard work on Crucible Tracker. It definitely improves my yeah. experience with the game. It uh, makes it look a lot nicer. The achievements are really fun. I I, w- I hadn't really looked, and then I looked the other day, and I had I had more of them than I would have uh, thought <laughs> just from playing random random decks. I was telling, I think I was talking to also funny Beehawk. I was also talking to him about it, and I think most of these are from. I probably got most of the achievements from testing decks that I was thinking about buying. <laughs> Yeah, I was proud of the Forge Three Keys without going to check. I used my uh, Gen Kaka deck to get that one. Pretty sure I remember the game where I just, you know, Martian Generosity, Key Abduction, Key Abduction, and then I think I'd Proliferator out. So I was able to reap it back, keep Key Abduction back into my archives and just Key Abduct the next turn. So Three Keys without going to check. That was pretty fun. Wow. It's fun, yeah. interactive gameplay right there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> fun and interactive. That's what we're here for. Uh, yeah. All right. Alex, do you have an inspiration? Uh, yeah, I have one. Um, I I think I'm just uh, inspired. I have uh, my one of our last chance primes coming up. Uh, we have, I think, there's a prime happening in Edmond, Oklahoma, uh, next weekend. Uh, not so a week from Saturday, and I'm excited to uh, play at a prime. Uh, I haven't. I got. I've got. This will be the third one I've gotten to play in. Um, uh, I did. Very poorly in the sealed triad one that I played. I got second in the uh, uh, Archon Prime, and so this one's uh, sealed. Uh, pick one deck out of three. So I'm I'm just excited to get some local play in. Um, I think there's some people coming down from Tulsa. There's some people coming down from Dallas. Um, should be a should be a fun time. So I'm just excited to play some Keyforge in person. Uh, which has uh, been lacking as of late. Give me some of those bite-sized keys, Alex. You already have a set. Get another yeah. set for me. And there's no pressure on me, uh, too, which is nice, because, I mean, I already have all the basically all the prizes I wanted. I mean, I could go for the Nizak playmat, but I have, like, 9 million playmats, to be honest. And uh, I, do, I can't go to Worlds, so, and plus, slash already have an invite. So, uh, plus, it's sealed, so if I lose, I can just play mid on the deck. It was the deck's fault, not me. Definitely the deck. Definitely and, the sun, and the sun was in my eyes. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be a big turnout. I've been, like, crazy impressed with, on the Facebook group, some of these international primes. Like, I think I saw one in Italy that had over 100 players coming out. Holy like, that's gross. so cool. Yeah. So... I think ours was like 35 here. So good turnout, but 
primes that are bigger than vault tours <laughs> right <laughs> seriously that's insane my inspiration was i'm trying to decide i guess i'm gonna i'll share one this is not directly keyforge related but it was a really exciting thing for me this week i've been really focusing on my fitness and this just a couple of days ago i recreated my best ever time in like running feet which I set in high school tryouts. And I always kind of consider that my peak level of fitness in my life, which was doing, uh, you had to do a two mile in under 12 minutes to make the varsity soccer team. And I just recreated that on uh, Wednesday at a workout. And that just felt so good. I think it's just a little bit of like stick with itness has helped me get back to that point and just kind of goes to show, you know, even... Just sticking with practicing, definitely you'll get results. And I think the same is definitely true in Keyforge or whatever hobby you choose to pursue. Yes, nice running. I was a former cross countryer, but I left those miles behind in uh, high school. <laughs> hey, I, did, I did cross country too. Oh, really? Yeah, I ran the two mile in track and then did cross country. Nice. Yeah, I, like for me, like I doing soccer, like running it was always like a punishment right so it's never <laughs> anything i could like enjoy until you know years after i left the soccer lifestyle behind and now i can start to get into like just appreciating running for running in itself sweet all right you guys ready for the main topic yeah let's do it let's talk about my baby Before we get into the deck, why don't we just briefly go over the kind of the process of how this deck was selected? Okay, so we had three decks. Alex picked a Coda deck, Turby, a crazy disruptive time traveler deck that has no amber control, but just doesn't allow your opponent to actually play Keyforge. Yeah, that's how you don't need games. amber control. They can't play the game. <laughs> <laughs> I selected Zia, the Dis, uh, just Zia Dis Spy. I always want to say the Dis Spy, but it's Zia disc spy um which is a jenka so a martian generosity key abduction deck that actually just plays a really fair game of keyforge really well because it has double ronnie too much protect double not finished with you hysteria exhum uh double charrettes a lash of broken dreams like it just yeah it has three shadows creatures the rest are all uh all actions and pips it's got 16 pips so it's just super efficient super fast and then it's got the <laughs> Jenka combo on top of it. And Jake selected the Bronc- or Bronco who nervously agitates Cobras, something like that, from That's Worlds it. Collide. Nailed it. Um, and it was a deck. I don't know. Tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's like a, a deck that is interesting to me. I haven't really played with it at all. Actually, I've never played it one time. Uh, but it was a pretty high SAS rating. Actually, my highest World's Glide deck at the time, I think. So I was just interested to see how it played. It's Star Alliance, Shadows, and Logos, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't even know. So we put it to a vote <laughs> on Twitter and in the Discord. And in both places, Zia just edged it out in both counts. So it was, it was, the voting was pretty close. Poor Turby. Like, nobody wanted us to play Turby. <laughs> nobody wanted us to play Coda anymore. <laughs> I guess we're just done with Coda. We're moving on. Coda is old hat. I understand. 
it does code of things. You make a lot, you make piles of amber and they can either deal, do something about that or they can't. So, so that was the deck we played. And then the concept was that everyone would play it at least 10 times over the course of the week uh, and then bring some insight, I guess, back to this podcast. So let's keep it pretty free form here. I have some questions I'd like to ask you guys, but maybe we should first do Should we? I'll, I'll definitely link the deck in the yeah. show notes of the podcast do we want to like actually talk of like go through the whole list or should we uh, just talk about some of the most key cards first and i i kind of did that a little bit i guess one yeah. that i forgot to mention was hypnotic command is also in the mars house which is really great after a um martian generosity to force a creature of your opponents to capture all their amber um, there's one, two, three, four, five, six Mars creatures. So you can potentially hit six Mars creatures off the Martian generosity into a hypnotic command. And two, if you're really lucky, if they have a two power creature, because the Mars creatures in this deck top out at three power. But if your opponent has a two power creature or lower, you can stick it all on that and then exterminate, exterminate them. It feels real good. Um, Double Dust Chronicles is also really nice if you get those early enough when you're holding one part of the Jenka combo. It's really nice to put that away or just saving the Hysteria. The Hysteria in the Dis House is kind of some of the main board control. There's two Life for Lifes in a pinch and there's two Sucker Punches as well. Um, yeah, along with the Miasma and yeah, two Proliferators. No Mars First, sadly. It, it does not have the Mars First to really make it dumb, but um, you also have a Tezmal, a Scully, and a Yerk in the Dis House. Exhume, one Exhume, so you can Exhume Ronnie, which is nice, or Exhume a Charette, or Exhume a Scullion to pop a Dust Imp to make Amber. Uh, Stat-wise, it's got 13 Amber Control, 25 Expected Amber. It is speedy. Uh, zero Artifact Control, 7 Creature Control, 63 Power. They're little dudes, and it's got an Efficiency of 13. Like I said, 16 Amber Pips, 17 Action, 16 Creatures. All right, before we get into discussion about it, I want to know everybody's record in their 10 games or more. So I didn't quite make it to 10. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Dan. Dan. I know. Well, I mean, I even pay you for. (laughs) I I have 54 games with the deck in total. So um, out of the 54 games, I'm 34 and 20. And as of the last eight, I got to eight. I lost my first two and I've been on a six game winning streak since then. Um, so yeah, it, two two games to remind myself how I'm supposed to play the deck and then six wins in a row versus various decks. Um, I'm four and three versus Worlds Collide. I'm four and two versus AOA and I'm 26 and 15 against Coda altogether. Nice. So I'll go next. I uh, started out really hot with this deck, winning my first nine games, and then just choked in the last one, couldn't get to 10-0, but ended up going 9-1 and one, uh, with this deck. I'm pulling up my Crucible tracker to let you know the ha- set breakdown. Interesting looking at my games. I have a 75% win rate as the first player and a 46% win rate as the second player. I think I want to go first with this deck. Well, that is really a pretty crazy split. And it's about an even split in games. 28 as first player, 24 as second player. Yeah, okay, here we go. So I'm 4-0 and against Worlds Collide, 2-0 and against AOA, and 3-1 and against Coda. Nice. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so I went on a bit of a journey with this deck. Um, <laughs> I, I, how do you feel about AOA first? I mean, honestly, this is the most I've played any AOA deck ever. 
Um, I think that's not true. You had your time traveler deck. Yeah, I forgot about my time traveler deck, but that deck was bonkers. Um, (laughs) That deck was basically a Coda deck, though, honestly. Um, The way that it played, played just like any rush deck. Um, So that that was... It was a little bit different, but uh, it was insane. Um, so that it had double hypno beam. I miss it. I actually, I because of I was playing Zia, I did load it back up and play a couple games with it just out of <laughs> out of uh, uh, nostalgia. nostalgia. Um, so I went. Uh, my record with the I played twenty four games. Um, wow. I went over thir- over here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I went thirteen and eleven. Uh, so fifty four percent win rate, which is not great but um most of those losses were at the so i i had a weird experience where i went like five wins uh off the bat and then like seven losses and then like and then it's just been more re re, uh, mostly an uphill climb from there most of my losses were to Beehawk. honestly i i went on like a (laughs) five game loss streak to him with this deck i just could not play it against him um he's played it a few times so he, he maybe he had the maybe he had the uh, the the idea of exactly how to play against it, but uh, also Beehawk's just a smart player. So um, uh, I guess I played him four times. I'm two and two against him. Uh, yeah, he 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 restring. I think one of those games he restring Guntist locked me out of the out like turn one, um, <laughs> which was brutal. Um, that yeah, rough. But uh, overall, uh, that was, let's see, the breakdown was, it's mostly, so against AOA and Coda, I'm both 50-50. So 6-6 against Coda, um, 2-2 against AOA. Uh, World's Glide, I had a slightly better rate of 5-3. None of this is statistically significant since so few games played. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll say that before somebody shouts at us in comments. Um <laughs> So, uh, but it's still interesting. And uh, yeah, so that that was my record with it. And we can jump in. I'll, I'll talk more about what, what that was actually like after we jump in a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. And I should say also, like, for, for me, all my games were uh, just on the Crucible Online in the competitive room, just random quick join. So I wasn't like seeking out players that I knew, which might skew it one way or the other. Sorry, Ugluck, Sky Jedi, Boulevard Paper Fight. Um, <laughs> I think Flibber was in there too. We split. I split with Flibber. Okay. So well, the, my first question for you guys, let's, I want to think about, so this is a, a Gen Kadek, obviously, but I wanted to ask like what, so I know like obviously Martian Generosity and Key Abduction are the most important cards in the deck, but setting that aside what are the what were the cards that you felt performed the best in this deck i'll let alex go first since it's my deck and i'll have a lot to say on this one okay um so my initial impression was i would actually argue that martian generosity and key abduction are not the most important cards yes. in the deck. um so Correct. what's what's really interesting is my shift on this deck came when I stopped caring that those cards exist and started just playing a more because um, I've played I've played a bit of combo. Um, I had a I had a double battle fleet deck. Um, I have right now one of my favorite decks is like a archiving uh, data forge deck. Um, and so I've I've this deck does not play like those decks. And that's the initial thing that really threw me off is like, 
The Martian generosity key abduction is a thing that your opponent has to worry about and you shouldn't worry about. Um, the most important cards to me are definitely the Ronnie's, the too much to protect. I actually think um, Dust Chronicles um, proves to be very like those are very important. And then the Charettes um, and sometimes um, Scullion actually was very was. Re- oh, sorry, I'm. I'm doing this as i think about it uh scullion was scullion's an important tool but uh most of one of the most important cards in the deck is definitely hysteria hysteria um provides you have no you have a little bit of creature control because you have life for lives and sucker punch um and you can kind of sometimes do things with scullion but eventually you lose the board with this deck that's pretty much just a given so hysteria is your sort of like bailout of like eventually i'm gonna need to just like slow my opponent down for a second so i don't just straight lose and hysteria is what allows you to do that um it is i did play a couple double infertis decks and this deck did very much struggle against uh, those because hysteria came up and then i was like well i can't hysteria right now because they're just gonna purge my entire deck uh which is sad um so that's kind of those were my initial impressions i liked um the the jenka for i just play keyforge and then you if you put me in a situation where you keep taking me off check and i'm sitting on a large amber total now i generosity (laughs) for half my deck and i played against uh one of my games that was really memorable was against a double grump buggy who get i ended up sitting at like 16 amber or something some insane amount of amber and i like basically generosity my entire deck um (laughs) and then it was like well it's you know when i can just keep calling hysteria i can just you know go hysteria and then remove all of his big dudes it became a little bit more problematic for him with his uh with his double buggy yep or even it's just the key abduction just keep (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. I just, yeah, I, I don't, I, I closed out the game very rapidly after that. It was just like key abduction into, uh, into like hypnotic command into like some, gar- you know, shadows garbage. And then, um, Alex hit the nail on the head. Let me, let, I want to add a few more things. So, I mean, there's, there's some really tricky plays in the deck that your opponent's not going to see coming either. Um, with the too much protect and Ronnie package, you, and the life for life, I love getting both the charrettes out. Letting my opponent get to about four amber with both charrettes sitting there with three of their amber, and then life for a lifing both of my charrettes into a too much to protect Ronnie play, and just bursting amber like crazy it feels so good. You just take all that amber that they thought they were just going to eventually get back, but you just steal it all at once. Feels really really good. I mean, Alex hit the nail on the head. Like the Jenka is there. It's just like if this happens, great. But I mean, I've gotten to the point now where if I've got two Amber and Martian Generosity in hand, I'll fire it off for the three just to draw the six cards because the deck really plays well if you can just, I mean, once you fill your hand up with that many cards, the deck is really strong. You have so many options turn to turn with the shadows and the discs. Um, There's so much Amber control between those two houses that if you're holding a big grip of those cards, you just feel invincible. I've had a couple of games where I went down 2-0 and then hit a big Martian generosity and just holding all the dis and shadows cards in hand are just like, okay, like I'm not going to lose from this point on. Like there's just, unless they have a key cheat, um, I'm just going to come back and stomp people. And I, I think I had two or three games where I came back from 2-0 where I was just like, I just need to work towards that. Um, yeah. To that, towards that state. Wow. Okay. 
This is really interesting uh, because I totally disagree with you guys. Like, I think that the charrette and like the last of broken dreams or even the too much to protect is like our cards that like I really didn't care very much about when I was playing this deck. Like I would happily play the too much to protect early for an Amber Pip alone. And I, I was playing purely to the combo. I was just trying to play as much Amber as I could play as efficiently as I could and then hit the Martian generosity and win that way. So for me, the cards I thought were most important were definitely the Martian Generosity and Key Abduction. I mean, I agree. Hysteria was huge for tempo. Um, Yurk was a really big all-star for me. I was always happy to see Yurk. Um, Tezmal as well, because again, it just was like, I was just playing that rush tempo game. So just stalling my opponent just a little bit uh, to make them stumble was was a huge uh, to get that advantage. And then I and then the double dust chronicles for archives and then the sucker punches as well to archive things. Um, but it, it's just interesting. I was like to hear Alex say that because I was just chomping at the bit to get in because like I <laughs> truly played this deck like, you know, in the way I see it, it's like completely opposite. Like I just wanted to play out creatures as early as I could. I mean, there's enough amber pips that you don't really need to reap too many times to hit that uh, big Martian generosity play. Um, so yeah, we were chatting a little bit on um, in our Discord about the deck. And I was saying like Ixily, Ixilixily Fixfinger, which is the Martian that gives armor to your other guys and has elusive, was like one of my very favorite first turn plays in this deck, just because he's difficult to remove. And it helps like establish that Martian board, which just forces your opponent to to react to that, knowing that you got the Martian generosity coming, and and again like kind of puts you ahead in that tempo game. So those are some of my thoughts on it. Um, so it's just interesting how how we came down differently on that. Yeah, I'm surprised because like I I feel like the biggest times I get burned playing the Jenka decks, and I've played a lot of different ones, is when you really try to force the combo every game. Um. Yeah, and like I watched, or you, you shared a couple of your Crucible track games, and I was like, <laughs> I would have done this different. I would have done this different. I would have played this turn different. Like, <laughs> like we definitely had took two different approaches to it. But I, you know, like your whole like establishing the Mars boards that way, any turn can be a Martian generosity turn. Kind of got me thinking a little bit differently because maybe I was holding Martian creatures a little bit too much because I was trying to set up the hypnotic command. Maybe I was trying too hard to set that up every time for the max value. Um, so I did, I actually did that in my last game. I stuck, I think four Mars creatures and he got rid of one of them, but I was able to reap three times up to six Amber and then Martian generosity key abduction, which felt pretty nice. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, I think in a weird way, I kind of think that I maybe, I maybe ended up coming down somewhere between what you guys did, because when I, when I'm like saying like, Hey, like I wasn't playing, I'm not thinking about the combo. What I really mean by that is I'm just playing straight up Keyforge, which means I established, like for me, I, I would agree with you, uh, Jake, like establishing the Mars board was something that I like to do because either it forces them to react to it or they leave it on the board and I reap for five, you know, reap for five or four or whatever, and then generosity. And it's like, that's usually generosity for four or five is enough, even if I don't hit the combo like that'll that'll set up the shadows so much. It'll set up the disc so much um, to do. I mean, I, I won off quite a few games off of really br- broken, like 
life for life, both charrettes into the too much to protect into the Ronnie into the next turn, Ronnie, like, you know, so that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking about it. It's like, I like play, I, I play to the combo by not playing to it by like, not, you know, I don't hold card, like just like normal, just like playing a norm, any other deck. I don't hold cards too, too long. Um, I did actually, what, one thing is I would actually really, I would be really interested to know. So there's a couple decision points um, in the deck, mostly like, I would like to know what did you guys bring back with exhumes or what did you shuffle back with not finished with you? <laughs> if you get to, if you get to reap with proliferator, what did you, what did you bring back? Um, let's, let's say outside of generosity and key abduction. <laughs> I think those are, the, I think those are obvious. Um, um, but also what did you archive with dust chronicles? So basically just like all, well, those are the decision points. All right. All right, let's slow it down. Let's start with not finished with you and exit. <laughs> those are kind of some. Let's start. Yeah, let's with do the, it by house. That's good. Like the decision point by house. Not finished with you and exhume. What were you shooting for? Okay, I don't think I ever put anything back in my deck with not finished with you. I was playing it like exclusively for the amber pip because because okay. I was just trying to dig for the combo. Like that was my okay. game plan. So anything I put back in my deck meant that the combo pieces were less likely to come up when I wanted them, which was as early as possible. Um, and, and I will say, like, I think the card is good here because, like, the Amber Pip is huge. So normally it's a card I don't like. I actually liked it here, but I still never shoveled anything back in. And then right. Exhume, I was, because I was so, there were definitely times I Exhumed Ronnie, like, when I just needed to take them off check or I wanted the Amber really bad. But I also frequently went for the Proliferator just because it's a card yep. that, like, forces yeah, your opponent to answer. To, to answer it and and i was really trying to establish the mars board just to like keep the pressure on it. like dan was saying like any turn like if this is the turn i draw martian generosity i want to be able to hit the combo because generally once you hit the combo you win the game even if you don't find the key abduction with this deck you just win the game if you can like draw 12 cards yeah, yeah. right so Turns i would out say turning the, 12 cards is broken yeah right Alex, what were you get, what, what what were you putting back with not finished with the okay, exhume? So I basically, if I put something back, which I often didn't, um, it was Ronnie's. I always put Ronnie's back, um, and uh, exhume. I think I was a, pretty much the same as you, Jake. I would I would exhume for Ronnie if I needed Amber. Um, I think once in a blue moon, I exhumed for like Yerk or something to to cycle better. Um, occasionally if I'm setting, I often, well, I want spoilers. I often archive too much to protect with dust chronicles. Um, so often I would exhume a charrette to again, push that, hopefully get them to push that Amber total higher, or I'm setting up, uh, the life for the life off of the charrette. Yep. No, so that's kind of my plan too. not finished with you. It's usually just charrettes and Ronnie's. Because that's kind of the main amber control in the deck, and the stretch work really well with the too much protect. The too much protect hasn't come yet, and the Ronnies and the Lash. Like, there's just so many ways you can just stall your opponent at that point if you're drawing strats. So I like those guys coming back. Um, and there are a couple of saucy times. I had one, one game in the eight games of the most recent where I only had one card in deck. Um, I don't remember what card it was. Maybe it was a Ronnie, and I had Hypnotic Command in hand, and that was my only Mars card in hand at that point. So I was going to redraw all the cards, so I put all of my Mars cards back. 
so that I had five Mars creatures and a hypnotic command in hand for the next turn. And that was that was pretty fun. So that happens every now and again that that beautiful setup happens and you can just really capitalize on it. And then Exhum, yeah, I usually do the proliferator because they have to answer it. And if they don't answer it, then I'm getting something back from Mars. Like on the next turn, I can reap with it. Like it's, and then yeah, or Ronnie or Shred if I need like some Amber control. Um, but yeah, typically it's proliferator just because I know they have to answer it. Like it's not hard to remove, unfortunately, but it's something that they have to remove. So you're just, at least it's annoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's still yeah. getting you that Amber pip. Oh yeah, so proliferator. So if you ever actually got to reap with proliferator, and you didn't have Martian generosity or key abduction, what were you throwing back in? Just like yeah. literally any Mars card. What's in your deck? Yeah, like if you already used your hypnotic command, obviously that one's going to be the one. Like I'm never putting exterminate, exterminate because that card's garbage in this yeah, deck yeah. since you top out at three. So I, I asked because I would always put back um, either Combat Pheromones or Red Planet Ray Gun if I can. Yeah. I was going to say, those are the two because they have a pip and they, they actually the do pip. something. Yeah. Yep. All right. Agreed on that one. So Dust Chronicles, what are you archiving with Dust Chronicles optimally? I'll start first. I always try to throw like my favorite play is like to have the turn one play with the Dust Chronicles and like Martian Generosity in hand. That feels so good. You throw the Martian Generosity into your archives and it's just there for whenever your opponent mis makes a mistake and leaves you at five or six amber with a Miasma or something and you just punish them so hard. But other otherwise, it's um, Dust Chronicles. So if so, it's not a combo piece, then it's Hysteria because I just Hysteria is really important to the deck for the um, board control. And, you know, in another pinch, you just throw a card that you don't want to play yet just to cycle through faster. Yeah. Um, for me, I would just, like, again, like, I was trying to, you know, I, it's well-established. I was, like, the red deck player in Magic. Like, I was just playing this deck to be as efficient as possible. So that generally means not archiving any Shadows cards. So it's just trying to archive the card that, is going to lead to the most draws. So if you have three discs and one Mars, like obviously I'm going to pick the Mars card to archive or the inverse, almost regardless of what the cards are. Um, and I would also add, like, I felt like it was pretty easy. Like archiving is obviously better than drawing a card. And it was pretty easy to come up with those situations where you could do that in this deck. But I was perfectly content to play Dust Chronicles to draw as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you guys agree there. No, it was nice. Yeah. I found, I think I found my too much protect off of it one time where I was down to like three cards in deck, knowing that too much protect was one of them. So Dust Chronicled while it was less than they were and found it to too much protect Ronnie them. Nice. Feels so good. <laughs> that feels so good. Uh, yeah. I think, I think that's pretty much the same. I mean, I was always archiving too much to protect if I could um, because I like, I just like having with this deck, I like having the pressure um, of too much to protect is unplayed. So they just like can't they just forces your opponent to play this really slow plotting game where they don't gain too much amber for fear of like um, for fear of getting, you know, just slammed by TMTP. And I, I think that that worked. I feel like a lot of the games that worked out for me came off the back of like, just the like me having to play me getting to play normal key forge while they're playing like hindered 
um, by <laughs> by the fear of too much protect. And then the fear of Martian generosity, because people are having to yeah. let you forge keys. Like yeah. if, they, if you're getting towards like the back third of your deck and they like miasma you and you're at six or seven, it's just like, well, you just made a mistake and totally yeah. lost the game where you the smarter play there would have been to let me forge my second key and go down to one Amber where the Martian generosity would have done nothing, but it's such a weird play. Um, I had opponents on both sides of that fence. I had some that allowed me to forge the key and that's just, it's still good for me. I've got my second yeah. key and I've got all these pips but like, I mean, they're definitely not going to have a chance if they would have miasma me or something there because I did have the Martian generosity and would just punish it super hard. I mean, that's like one of the things that just like when you're playing this deck, when you really feel like, yeah, this is like a degenerate combo. It's because like, let me forge, you lose. Like, don't let me forge, you lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no winning here. There's no good choices. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, like I said, I, I had a couple of games where I, I spotted my opponents, the 2-0 lead, but then you hit the Martian Generosity and draw like half your deck, and you just feel like you can't lose at that point. You just have so much Amber control between the Shreds, the Ronnies, the Too Much Protect, the Miasma, the, the Lash of Broken Dreams. Like You can just keep them off. The Hypnotic Command comes into play there too. Like I've had games where it was like that 2-2 and they're in check, but I hit the generosity into the hypnotic command and make their little dude capture six and steal it all. Like, yeah. it's just... <laughs> hypnotic command is so good in this deck. So good. It really yeah. is. But you can draw your entire Mars house off of a generosity or at least four or five creatures. Well, and I mean, it, hypnotic command is good here because also it, a lot of times, I think with Jenka decks, what they struggle with is they just don't have enough uh, amber control in the mars house so when you when you eventually go for your generosity turn like if you if it's not like outright winning you the game you might not have in there like let's say like they're gonna win that turn suddenly i can still do my broken combo and also deal with your amber in one fell swoop no matter how like what kind of your board state has been or um you know what uh what kind of what has gone on in the game uh, outside of that you've you've taken a bunch of work to finally get to like five or six ambers against all the charrettes and the ronnies and then i'm just like oh i take all of that with hypnotic command <laughs> i put it on your little dude and exterminate exterminate yeah. them but even if you can't so. get rid of it even if you can't get rid of the creature that turn it almost doesn't matter because you've drawn so many cards that you're yeah. like almost definitely have the hysteria or a life for a life yeah. to get yep. clear it off the next yeah. turn yeah life and for you already life. disforged anyway life for a life is really good i mean like you said there's only three shadows creatures so usually you have to have a creature out but like the knuckles bolton is the third shadows creature and since you're just not going to be calling shadows it's fine to play him out in life for a life him right away yeah. That guy like got life for life a lot. Yeah. Or discarded to your... That's probably... I was going to ask like what you guys think the worst cards are in this deck. And I think Knuckles Bolton was the least impactful for me. Yeah, there's just not enough Shadows creatures that you're ever going to call Shadows to actually... Yeah, you're, like, you're never creatures. calling Shadows. Uh, you, you call Shadows like one to two times a game, it, mostly, right? Like maybe, maybe three if it's a particularly long game. Uh, um, let's look at my let's look at my averages 3.81 so it's almost four times a game it's actually wow it's actually tied i have dis and shadows tied at 3.81 and mars at 3.41 see that kind of shocked at, me a little bit but the fact that the shadows cycles cards and i know that i hold some of the shadows cards so i'll play a turn where it's like too much or sucker punch too much protect ronnie 
and then leave Ronnie Miasma in hand so that I can call Shadows again the following turn to stop them from forging and steal more Amber. So I guess it's kind of weird because just after you're holding your entire Shadows lineup, you can set up turns like that. What what were your averages, Alex? Uh, So I averaged 12 turns a game, uh, 4.92 discs, uh, 3.29 Mars, 3.92 Shadows. So I actually called Mars the least. It's interesting. Wow. All right. Here's my (laughs) uh, average nine turns a game. Three discs, 3.4 Mars, and 2.6 Shadows. Jeez, yeah, you were just throwing those Shadows cards away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I so I think me and Alex are playing more like control decks. And like you said, you're just playing the straight rush combo. Yep. Minus minus ten point I've got ten point eight turns per game for, you know, fifty-four games. It is cool, like, just as an aside that how differently we all <laughs> looked at and played this deck. And and all did, you know, pretty well with as well. To some extent. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Except for me, but that's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, hater. Oh, okay. I, one other card that I thought. So, exterminate. Obviously, we talked about being not great, but it has like the tremendous upside of if they have a two power creature out. Like a lot of times, you can hit that hypnotic command into like a massive amber swing that you use it for. The other card that was like really did nothing for me and is last of broken dreams. And I guess that was just because of my the way I was playing the deck as like that quick. Like there it just not very many situations was I like getting any value out of it because like it to get the value you have to like play a little bit of a longer game, I think. Yeah, no, I, I use it a lot I use it a lot in a control style to just not let them forge and to just delay their forge while I try to get the too much protect and the Ronnies and the Charettes and just juggle their amber all over the place. I I had a couple of three O's in my plays through this time. Let me see. Sorry, Sky Jedi and Ugluck. <laughs> Sky Jedi had five checks, zero keys. You guys, I've got like a, a couple more questions I, I think would be cool to talk hey, yeah. about. I, I even 3 0 you, Nick, with the generally awarded sergeant. <laughs> oh, yeah. The genuinely awarded sergeant is not going to be good against this deck. I can see why I would struggle. <laughs> okay. Well, that, all right. That's a great segue to the next thing I'm interested in. Let's talk about good matchups for this deck. Where do you think this deck really excels? I mean, good matchups are just people that don't know how to play against Jenka. <laughs> like, <laughs> when they're miasmaing you and you're in check and you're holding Martian generosity, it's like the best feeling in the world. Um, so I think I think what I'll say is I think that this deck is positioned really well against uh, decks that maybe want to take a slower game plan. Yeah, definitely. Um, or decks that like um, their main amber control is from key cost increasing um, rather than capture or steal um, because key cost increasing against Jenka is really bad. That's the that's like <laughs> you don't actually want unless you can make them forge for the full amount. Because um, I was thinking about like, you know, I was thinking about a couple of my Worlds Collide decks and how would I how would I play against this deck? Um, it's mostly why I think about what's good to match up. I have uh, my, my one of my combo decks, like its main amber control is E-Dies. And E-Dies are going to probably be good for this deck unless I can force it to forge for the full amount. Um, and honestly, I think a big, actually a big deal with this deck is trying 
not not worrying so much about the too much to protect and just kind of trying to maybe force it out. Like if you play too carefully around the too much to protect, I think you're just going to I think you're just going to get slammed with it anyways eventually for a bunch. So the I think the the best thing you can do and decks that will do well is just decks that can just deal with the fact that I gave you three amber off of the two minutes to protect. Um, but uh, that's, that's, so that's what I'll say. I think key cost increases are not good against Jinka. I think this deck is also positioned pretty well against um, decks that have, that maybe rely really heavily on um, squishies or little dudes um, because of the sucker punches um, I remember the the deck that um, Dan mentioned, my w- genuinely warded Sergeant of Eastrun, which is a, a really fun deck um, that's pretty creature heavy, but it has a lot of two strength, um, two strength elusives because of Mars. It has like Zookeepers and John Smith and um, uh, Shaffles. And so like, like I think in one of the games that he played it, he probably sucker punched my creatures like six times. Um, well, I had that going, and then your your triple grabber jammers that would wear the amber, so they yes. would just he abduct, get the yeah. amber back. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really good like, against grabber jammer. It turns out, <laughs> and forge with the amber that they were just so you know nicely holding on for, holding on to for me. Yeah. yeah. No, I yeah, he nailed the ones that they're really good against. The ones that it's really bad against is like. Wait, super- I want to say one more uh, on the good on the good side. Uh, I think all I, I totally agree. The little the little guys are really bad against this, but I think I thought like generally in my experience, and this might be speaking to the way I played the deck, was I just really didn't care very much at all about what opponents were doing on the board, just because it just seemed very unlikely that uh, they were going to outrace me. And especially like when you're talking about sort of the worlds collide board decks that win on board that have kind of popped up and do sort of well against the traditional code of rush decks. Uh, I, I found that this, that I think that this deck and more generally uh, Gen Cadex are very well positioned in a metagame that has a lot of worlds collide boards based strategies. Yes. So I did take this deck to a, uh, not a prime, a store championship. And I won my first game against a very like Amber capture heavy deck. It was like a really grindy game where I finally hit the big Martian generosities because the game ground out for so long. But then I lost my next two rounds to like a really efficient time traveler Mars Coda deck. And I lost the third round to like just a super, super fast Shadows Untamed. It was probably Shadows Untamed disc. And it just raced so fast and I just did not find um the amber control cards fast enough so in a very fast matchup if there's another fast deck and you just do not draw the ronnies or the shreds in time like you can just lose super fast yeah i agree i thought the bad matchups are and i think really a big part of the reason why my record was as good as it was was because i dodged a lot of these decks but the are the coded decks that have hard amber control like something like Shatterstorm is just devastating to this deck. Uh, Screech Bomb maybe is like the worst card to play against because it can just take away two Amber like exactly, you know, and they can really carefully sort of manage your Amber pool, like keeping you not at too much or too little. And then just like the direct steal and shadows, like Routine Job, Nerve Blast, um, Urchin, 
is all pretty devastating. So I think that this deck is not well positioned if if the metagame sort of shifts back more towards what we saw in the uh, Coda AOA sort of dominant decks. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I was 26 and 15. That was like one of my better, uh, I guess it's like 63%. Yeah, not that you can't win against those decks either. No, you can't win against those decks. <laughs> I think, I mean, this deck kind of plays like a coded deck in its efficiency for the Amber generation. It's got so many pips. Uh, the Ronnies do so much work. The Too Much Protects do a lot of work. The Hypnotic Command. Like, so, I mean, you can just generate Amber quickly. I mean, sure. it is funny. Like, the games that I go down 2-0, like, it kind of feels like after I go down 2-0, I usually get a key. I sometimes get a key off a key abduction. And then I've got all of my cards in hand, and I'm in check the next two turns. So it's just like... <laughs> Yeah, you're up 2-0, but now I've forged a key and I've been in check the last two turns. Are you able to stop me now that you're at the bottom of your deck and I've drawn all of my deck? Yeah. Um, all right, so my last question, and feel free if you guys have other questions, is do you think this deck is viable at a Vault Tour level or higher? Yes. Hmm... I think t- tentatively, yes, it probably wouldn't be my first choice, to be honest. Um, I think that I think that it's probably pretty it, it, well. So current. So here's the current thing. Most of uh, we have maybe one or two uh, events left that are Coda Worlds Collide AOA only. Uh, Mass Mutations is coming out relatively soon. Um, and it's going to be hard. I will, What I'll say is it's going to be hard to predict that last one. We don't really know exactly all of what Mass Mutations will bring. Um, what I'll oh, say for, for the time being is I think that, yes, um, I think it has tool good tools. Um, I think that it has some high some high roll potential, which I think you really want in a Vault Tour deck or Vault Warrior, whatever you're taking to. I think you want something that can... I think you... That's my personal preference, is I want something that can do, like, have insanely broken turns that if this happens early, I'll just win the game, maybe even if against a matchup where I normally wouldn't. And I think that Zia can definitely do that. Um what I'll say is what, what I'm cautious about is the, I think that this deck has a little too much variability for me, um, uh, based on just based on my experience with it. Now you guys, you know, if I had had Jake's record, I would be feeling a lot better about it. But I think that, I think that Jenka's issue is in general that you can come up against it has some pretty polarized matchups against certain types of decks. Um, I think that heavy capture actually can be very bad for the a deck like this, um, especially if so. I had and the reason I even say this: one of my games I played against a Sarian lineup, but I drew my Hysteria early and I had to like had used it, and then their Sarians came down like relatively late. Um, and they just did some like shenanigans with like tribute or something. I don't even really remember what. And it was just like they just like reaped for like four turns with Sarians. And I just like I don't have anything to do about that because I had even flipped my deck and was trying to redraw Hysteria, but Hysteria was like 
way down like bottom four or something and so that's where i'm like because you're so reliant on one a couple of key cards um it does mean that this deck has some high i think some high variability yeah i think that's good enough sorry go ahead no yeah i mean that's what i thought the the store championship i took it to where like the one game like the game i got rushed out i just didn't see any of my strats or ronnie's and like the game was over on turn five or six like it was just that fast. Like I just did not draw the cards I needed to draw and just got rushed out of the game. Um, yeah, I so I mean, I went up against a couple of Saurians, but I, I think I had Hysteria at appropriate times and I was able to able to use um, Sucker Punches just to remove the wards the turn before so that way they weren't warded when I wanted to Hysteria. So that was nice. I think for me, I have to say the answer is yes. Uh, this is <laughs> just because of the like nine and one record i mean my uh deck nimrod deck i was 14 and eight with before i took that to a a vault tour and ended up getting top four with it um so this is a much better win percentage than that one and i i it just seems to have done well against all three sets so far yeah and and i think that's pretty cool i totally agree also, I think you really nailed it, Alex, when you talk about like the high roll potential. I would say also that this deck doesn't isn't like the hardest to play, which is a good thing. Yes, uh, and that's not to say that like the skill ceiling of playing it the best isn't like incredibly high or as as high as basically any other deck. But clearly like, high. <laughs> but you can do like you can uh, if you want to play it the way I played it. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty uh flow charty you know and i think that's a good thing because you can when you get exhausted still like knowing the lines and knowing like the odds it's pretty easy so i I would say i would say yes i mean of course it does have bad matchups like anything else but it also has tons of really good matchups i think just don't have a lot of game against it which is great to have some of those in the tournament as well so it looks like we got two yeses and a tentative yes so uh, sanctimonious approved. <laughs> Thumbs up. Uh, so yeah. So uh, I guess you heard it here first. Gen Cadex still viable in tournament settings. Yay! AOA. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, I think that kind of puts a uh wraps up this conversation about this. Uh, I had a really fun time doing this, so I would love to do it again in the future with three different decks and letting people vote on, um, maybe from different sets or whatever. So if y'all enjoyed this conversation, please let us know. If you didn't enjoy it, uh, please let us know that too. Yes, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you guys have any final thoughts or you want to wrap it? No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, let us know if you like this. I'm... I, I will say I'm not usually a fan of people going through a deck, but this is kind of interesting since three different people played it. I think it was kind of, it was interesting for me because it was my deck. I got to see how two other people played it. So we had some interesting um, DM conversations going on in the discord about games that we were having and ways we were pulling, pulling victories out. Yeah. I'm not sure that like this has like, if this content really exists with like multiple people really doing a deep dive in oh. a single deck and bringing different perspectives. So I think that's a little different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so just definitely let us know, because uh, of course we are are here to serve the sanctimonious community. 
I'm Danis. I'm on D-A-N-I-S-S-O-M-E-1. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, on the Discord under that handle. Thank you, everybody. Signed up for the league so far. Get those signups on if you want to be in the league. I know I'm probably still going to have like 10 of you come to me afterwards, and we'll have a latecomers league like we always do because I'm a softie. But sign up for the regular leagues. It'll be easier, and you'll play with people in the preferred time zone that works for your schedule. Uh, I am Alex Slotnick. Uh, I am the Nick of Slots, hashtag 6418 on Discord, or you can drop me an email at the Nick of Slots at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, think, uh, oh, and also I have a blog, Proclamation 346 which will be linked in the show notes. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Dan. My name is Jake Friedman. You can find me on Twitter at Jake Fried. That's J-A-K-E-F-R-Y-D. I've been trying to be more active on there and posting a lot of board game content as well. So if you're interested in that, give me a follow. And until next time, this has been another episode of Sanctimonious. Archons of the Crucible, Zia is coming for you. Your discs will be spied. Beware the Jenka. Beware the Ronnie. Beware the charrettes into life for life too much to protect. You will never... Forge those keys. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> the change up. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> that was fun.